Welcome to another podcast from Planet Shakers Church. For details on campus locations and service times, check out planetshakers.com. Today we've got Dr. Clayton Coombs speaking on Praise the Lord. Let's check it out. But I was sharply aware as I was thinking about Christmas and getting ready to preach today that Christmas is not always a joy-filled, hope-filled time for a lot of people. Those who are alone, those who might have lost someone this year, those who uh, have a difficult family situation. You know, there's so many reasons that people may come into this season without the joy that other people might have for it. But see, wherever you fit in your expectation of Christmas, I got good news for you today. Whatever you're feeling coming into Christmas, I wanna remind you that this is the power of the Christmas message, that whatever you're going through and however you're feeling and and whoever you are and, and wherever you're at, that there is hope in the message of Christmas and there is hope for you in this season and there is hope for you found in Jesus. Have I got a good Amen tonight? You know, Hope is so important. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, it says, these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. You know, I think a lot of us would know this Scripture. All three of those things are important. Yes, we know love is the greatest because the Scripture tells us. And we know faith is important because without faith, we can't even come to God. But I wanna stir you you tonight that hope should not be overlooked. Hope is important. I think we know that faith should be in God and I think we know that true love is found in God, but it's amazing how many different things that people can put their hope in. You know, people hope in, I mean, we're coming around that time of year where people put their hope in resolutions. I hope life's different this year because I'm gonna make resolutions. Make them if you want, good. But a lot of people in this room, maybe you've got your hope in a school result. A lot of people put their hope in a paycheck. Man, if you rewind just a little bit over a year, not that I wanna do that, but I I feel like most all of us had our hope in a number, a number that we were looking at every single day, a number that was being broadcast every single day. We had our hope in a number. But see, Christmas is a season of hope for a reason, real hope. It's unshakable, it's eternal. That reason is Jesus. He's the reason. It's right there in the name of Christmas. Jesus Christ, Christmas. He is the message of Christmas. And that's what I wanna preach to you today. And I hope you're ready to shout me down because I'm I'm about to tell you my title, which is a giveaway for this whole thing. And the title is this, Hope has a name. Come on, stand to your feet. And would you give that name some praise in this room tonight? Come on, just for a moment. Would you give Jesus some praise tonight? Hope has a name. Victory has a name. Favour has a name. Healing has a name. What you need is found in Jesus. Come on, high five your neighbour and say, hope has a name. High five your other neighbour and say, other neighbour. You're my second choice. But you gotta know as well. Hope's got a name. Matthew 12 tells us that His name will be the hope of the world. Colossians 1 says that Christ in you is the hope of glory. I want your hope to be stirred today. And so in this season of Christmas, in this season of hope, I wanted to share with you a Christmas message. Are you ready for my Christmas Scripture? 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. 
It says this, One day Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. I was thinking about that as I was reading that in the last service. I'm like, yep, if someone nice kept offering me food, I'd kept going past. That's, that's a great way to get, uh, to get someone to stop past your house. And so she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp. All of those things have symbolism which we won't get into today. But so whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. And one day he came there and he turned into the chamber and rested. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he'd called her, she stood before him and he said to him, his servant, say now to her, see, you've taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a a word spoken on your behalf to the king or, or to the commander of the army? But she answered, I dwell among my own people. She's like, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I don't have a need of anything. And he said to his servant again, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. And so Elisha said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. See this story, we don't know much about this woman. We don't know her name. We don't know the family line that she comes from, but I'm convinced that all of us in this room today can relate to her. See, this woman had blessing and favour. If you're sitting in this room today, by the way, you got blessing and favour. If you're able to get yourself up out of bed, get dressed, get your way here and have a sit in church, you got a level of blessing and favour that a lot of people in the world don't have. And you shouldn't feel bad about it, but you just got to recognise you are blessed and you are favoured, which is great. But this woman was blessed, but she was also barren. Blessed, but barren. She had some blessing and favour, but she just didn't have fruit where she wanted it. And we read in this story that she made room for God in her house. In the midst of her barrenness, she made room for God when she welcomed in the man of God. You see, what she teaches us is that she knew that God was good when life was good. But she also had a revelation that God was still good even when life was not. And that's something we all can learn and take to heart because understand that no matter what your natural world looks like, none of what you're you're going through ever challenges the goodness or supremacy of God upon this throne. God is good and good all the time, even when it looks like life is not. You've got to understand God has never stopped being good. He's good when it's good and He's good when it's bad. God's good. Come on, look at your neighbour and say, God's good. And so this woman, she had open hands and an open heart. She made room for God, even in the midst of her barrenness. And I don't know all that your 2022 was held, but I have no doubt that every one of us in this room, if we were to look back, we can look back and think, man, I wish some things were different. And we can look back and say, man, I wish some things had happened which haven't happened yet. And I may not know your story, but understand that God does. And we can relate to this woman because every one of us has known pain. 
And when we go through pain, what can be a natural reaction to all of us is, is that we build up walls because what we wanna do when we go through pain is put up a wall so no more pain can come in. And we end up though blocking out God while we're trying to block out pain because the same door that pain walks through is the same door that God wants to walk through to bring your healing. And so when you put up a wall, what you're actually doing is you're blocking out God. You gotta make sure that you let God into your heart. And so this woman in the midst of her pain still made time to make room for God. In her barrenness, she didn't let bitterness take root. She created space in her barrenness. And listen here, because this is the whole point of what I wanna say today. When you create space for God in your life, God will always fill that place. Because the Bible tells us in Psalm 22 verse three, that He is the God who inhabits the praises of His people and He will fill the place that you make for Him. So I wanna stir you that if you've got emptiness in your life, fill it with praise. If you've got pain in your life, fill it with praise. If you got disappointment in your life, fill it with praise. If you got barrenness in your life, fill it with praise. If you got a need in your life, fill it with praise. Because praise makes a way for God. And where you can praise, God can fill that place. I wonder if we got any praises in the room tonight. I wonder if we got any people that's still at the end of a year. You can lift up a praise and say, God be praised. God be praised in my life. I'm making room for you. God be praised. God be praised. So this woman had blessing and favour, but she didn't have all the fruit that she wanted. And when she made room for God, God came and filled that place. The promise was delivered. The child was conceived. Something supernaturally shifted in that moment. But understand, the promise was not delivered straight away. We all want that, don't we? Man, we all want an immediate breakthrough. That thing took nine months to appear in reality. Something shifted in the supernatural. But it was nine months before she could see it with her eyes. And if... If where we finished reading today was the end of the story, that would be a wonderful story all in of itself. It would be plenty enough to preach on. For the sake of time, we didn't read the whole story. But the story goes on. And to be honest, the way it goes on, if this doesn't remind me of the way some people's year has gone, I don't know what does. Because the very next verse, the child dies. How do we reconcile a God who is good enough to bring the promise to pass? But then it seems like He allows the promise to die. How do we reconcile in life that it feels like, well, it doesn't feel like it's a reality that bad things happen to good people, but it feels like good things just keep happening to bad people. They just keep on keeping on getting the next business deal and get the next pay rise and rolling around living the way that they want to and going the ways of the world and life seems to be fine for them. But good people, bad things keep happening. Why does it feel like that sometimes? How do we reconcile that reality of God? Well, let me help you and let me tell you. The death and destruction are not the realm of God. 
That's not the business that He is in. God is in the business of life. This realm was the realm of the enemy and the devil. And we should not be surprised at His character. John 10.10 tells us exactly what His character is like, that He is the one who wants to steal and kill and destroy. But where death is the end of things in the natural, in God, death is not a full stop. It's just a pause and a moment that they had to walk through. Because understand this, if the enemy can't keep you from birthing blessing and from carrying blessing, then he will want to abort it from maturing into the blessing that God had called it to be all along. But see, the Bible says about the power of God that He is faithful to complete that which He started. And if He has started a good work in your life, which He has, and if He has started promises in your life, which He has, and if He has started blessing in your life, which He has, God's gonna finish what He started. Come on, can we take a moment and just praise our good God. He's a God of goodness. He's never lacked power. There's never been a battle that He's lost. There's never been a time His power's been outmatched. He's a good God. And we can learn. We can learn from what happens next in this story. And you know this if you know the story, but I'll go ahead and tell you what happens. The child dies. And she takes the child, not to lay it in the child's bedroom. And she doesn't lay the child in a tomb. She takes this child and she lays it in the place that she made for God. She made room for God in her barrenness. She made room for God in her emptiness. She made room for God in her disappointment. And here she was making room for God in the midst of her loss. Because here's the thing, if you can make room for God in your emptiness, which is praise. And if you can make room for God in your loss, which is praise. And if you can make room for God in your barrenness and disappointment, which is praise, God will inhabit and God will fill where you make room for Him because praise makes a way. But she's not done. She goes to find the man of God, Elisha. And to fast forward, Elisha comes and prays for the boy and the boy is raised back to life because life is what God is all about. Now I thought about this and I put myself in the shoes of this woman. They were quite uncomfortable, but uh, I put myself in her shoes. (laughs) I'm a comedian, just get me started. And I thought, if that was my child and someone opened the door to a child that I had just lost and said, here's your child, alive and well again, I wouldn't have a thought or a view or a focus in the world other than running into that room and picking up that child. But this woman's crazy. She doesn't do that. The Bible tells us that before she even does that, she falls to her knees and praises and gives thanks again. See what this woman is showing us. Some of us get this the wrong way round, that we're too focused on the miracle that we miss giving praise and thanks back to God. And I was stirred because Isaiah says it like this about the, the barren woman. Isaiah says in chapter 54, he says, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, Burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labour because more, somebody say more. Come on, more for, say more. 
are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes for you will spread out to the right and to the left and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Let me pause. If you are not a woman, which I am not, and if you are not trying to be pregnant, which just statistics would probably say is a majority of women in here and 100% of men. Biology. You may think that verse is not for me, but let me understand you what the prophet and what the Lord is saying here to those who might be barren in an area. You might be blessed, but also barren. You might be frustrated, but also and lacking fruit. What Isaiah is saying is it is time to praise because he's declaring you're gonna have more than those who have appeared fruitful. There are people running around doing things in the ways of the world, appearing successful and appearing fruitful while you've been staying steady and faithful to God's ways. And they look like they got everything and you're feeling barren and without. God is saying, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Praise the Lord. Lengthen, strengthen, stretch out. Get ready for the blessing. Get ready for the favour. Get ready for the victory. Is there anyone in here with a praise tonight? Come on, put a bit of praise on it. Put a bit of praise on it. You might be a disappointment, put a bit of praise on it. You might be lost, put a bit of praise on it. You might be on the mountaintop, put a bit of praise on it. It's always a good time to praise. It's always time to praise. Now, I got minutes left. I told you I was gonna preach a good Christmas message for you. I better go ahead and convince you that this is a Christmas scripture. You can sit down. See, cause if we turn over to the New Testament, There's a story we find in Luke chapter one. We all know Mary, the mother of Jesus. She got a cousin whose name was Elizabeth, married to Zechariah. And it says this in verse six, they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Let me pause there. They were blameless, not perfect, because no one's perfect, but they were blameless. That means everything they had done that was wrong was covered under the blood. You see, that's us too. Blood removes the blame. They were blameless. But verse seven says they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. So they were blameless, but barren. And if you go on and read the story, you will find that even in their barrenness, they kept on serving God making room for God. Zechariah was a priest and he went to serve in the temple and to tend to the fire. He was barren, but burning. And so he went to still take care of the fire that was in the temple and to skip to the miracle of the story as he's in there ministering to God in the temple and in the place of praise. Zechariah has an encounter with an angel named Gabriel. And the Bible goes on to tell us that his wife conceives in their old age. When John the Baptist is born, John the Baptist is the one who 
makes a way for Jesus Christ. So we see in the Old Testament story of the Shunammite and the story in Luke 1 of Elizabeth, that they're both older and barren. They're blessed, they're both blessed, but they're barren. And it is evident when you read their stories that they had given up hope of that prayer being answered. They were faithful, but they'd lost their hope that God could answer the deepest desire of their heart. I don't know what prayers you've been praying. And maybe there are prayers that you've stopped praying. And maybe there's things that have happened that have made you feel like you gotta give up hope in one area of your life. You're here and you're faithful and you're loving the Lord, but there is an area of your life where you've stopped hoping. But see, we can learn from these two women because they kept making room for God and they kept praising God and they kept filling their life with God. And in God, we find everything that we need. See, one of the lessons we can learn from these two powerful women is that the the delay they went through was never a denial. It just wasn't their time yet. And maybe you've gone through things where it was a delay after delay and you let go of the dream that was in your heart. But friend, the delay doesn't necessarily mean a denial. See, you thought you might've been running out of time, but God is Lord of all. He's even Lord over time. And for both of them, they filled their life with praise and God filled them with life and with hope. They put their hope in God. You see, God, talking all about pregnancy, may as well talk about Mary. See, in a weird sense, Mary's barren in the sense that barren just simply means fruitless. She hasn't had any fruit in that area. Mary hadn't born any children because her time hadn't come yet. Elizabeth hadn't born any children. She felt like her time had passed. Now, unlike Elizabeth, Mary was not trying and was not hoping and praying for that. But God is showing us through her story, the Virgin Mary, that you don't necessarily need to do things the way the world does things in the natural, that He can bring you hope in any place and at any time and in any way. See, it doesn't matter whether you're young or you're old or you're somewhere in between. I want your faith to be stirred tonight that God has hope for your life. God wants to birth miracles in your life. And Mary conceived hope and she grew hope and she carried hope and she gave birth to hope. And that hope has a name and that name is Jesus Christ. The name that is above all other names. And we have the very first Christmas. Jesus is born. It's a miracle. Now Jesus didn't stay a baby. Thank God He didn't stay a baby. I don't know about you, but I'm at a point in my life where I love baby Jesus, but I need more than baby Jesus. I need growing Jesus. I need miracle working Jesus. I need hung upon a cross and rose again from the dead Jesus. I need resurrection life Jesus. He's the Jesus I need. But He started life in this miracle story and He came and He grew and He lived and He led His disciples. But see, even in His disciples, they had hope in Him. They followed Him because they had hope. They gave everything because they had hope. 
And when He gave His life upon a cross, it looked like hope was being put to death. And when they took His body and they placed Him in a tomb, it looked like they were burying hope and putting hope in a tomb. But see, that's the power of Jesus. It didn't take nine months, it just took three days. And He turned that tomb into a womb. And when that stone was rolled aside, out came an eternal hope, the greatest hope humanity's ever known. And that hope had a name and out walked salvation and salvation had a name and out walked breakthrough and breakthrough had a name and out walked victory and victory had a name and out walked freedom and freedom has a name and out walked healing and healing has a name and out walked redemption and redemption has a name. It's the name of Jesus. He's the one we praise. He's the reason for the season. He's the one above it all. And I know, I know we somehow got ourselves in Easter already. It's quick how that happens. But see, Christmas was just the beginning. And maybe you need a new beginning this Christmas. Well, I got good news for you that if you would make room for God, no matter where you find yourself, you can have hope restored. If you'd make room for God, that you could have victory. If you'd make room for God, you could have life. If you make room for God, you can catch your healing. If you make room for God, when you make room for God in your loss, when you make room for God in your disappointment, when you make room for God in whatever season you find yourself in, you open your life up to the presence of the Almighty. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on for a moment all over this room. Would we shout a praise? Would we give Him our thanks? Would we lift His name? Come on, lift Him high. Lift Him high. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. You see, come on all over this room, stand to your feet. I don't know if you were here this morning. But Dr. Clayton began to preach and he preached about praise. And I felt like what God was stirring in us on this so close to last Sunday of the year, almost like a bookend to the year. It's like, come on, you might have come into 2022 with a praise and great expectation. We're gonna go out with a praise as well. See, here's the thing. Pastor Russell did this just, just last week, right? Just, just last week. No head on into 2023 for us. No, no, no. I'm disappointed. No, no, no. I'm that mistake you made. No, no, no. I'm that prayer that you prayed that you didn't think was answered. No, no, no. I'm that hope that you had, which you stopped having. I'm that prayer you stopped praying. I'm that thing you stopped believing. I'm that mistake you made. I'm that valley you went through. I've never felt stronger than you and this is a great feeling. And I appreciate you going along with my illustration. But see, what does Psalm 23 says? Psalm 23 doesn't say your disappointments will follow you. And it doesn't say your mistakes will follow you. It says, surely goodness and mercy are gonna chase you down all the days of your life. They're gonna catch you. They're gonna get you. Goodness and mercy are coming for you. And I don't know what your year's been like, but I know I wanna go out praising. 
Thanks for joining us today. I hope that your faith was filled and you were encouraged. If you have any prayer requests or want to connect with us further, search for us on our social media at Planet Shakers. We'd love to hear from you.